This is Miko Harvey. I'm reading three poems. Uh, this first one is called Vile. I was having blood drawn again, undergoing testing for my mysterious ailment. The phlebotomist and I inhabited the usual mix of small talk and silence. Then she giggled. What is it? I said. It's just, isn't this strange? She said, holding up a vial of my blood to see what you are made of in the hands of a stranger. Totally, I said. I always thought that was weird, but I never said anything because you're so professional. You act like it's no big deal. No, yeah, she said, gazing at the vial. It's fucking wild. Your mom is in here, your dad, your future kids your habits, your secrets. I feel like your job is one of the realest jobs there is, I said. All this for $14 an hour, she said. I wasn't sure what to say next. Money issues tend to make me uncomfortable. So, she said, you want a party? She took off her gloves, hit the lights, uncapped the vial containing my blood, and took a sip. The needle was still in my arm, but the hose was disconnected, so my blood dripped onto the floor. She grabbed the hose, put it to my lip. Try some, she said. No, no, I said. It was great to meet you, but... Listen, she said. I know your type. I've tasted you. Just do what I say, you dirty dog. Take this terrible dream out of my head. Take this terrible dream and suck on it. This next poem is called Bird Call Association. Andre got up and gave a crow call the same one he gave every year. Well, maybe a little sharper this time around, but still not enough to take the cake, so he sat down. Thirteen of us sat in a circle, sat in a circle of metallic chairs in the game master's basement. Jessica, a newcomer, tried a hawk call. Sit down, Jessica, you have much to learn was the general unspoken feeling, and so she did. There was John with his overeager chickadee, and Desiree with her competent but lifeless Oriole, both sitting down in turn. Then Martin, the mailman, surprised everyone with a barred owl call. The association looked at itself nervously. This was the first time someone had brought an owl call to the circle. But the general unspoken conclusion was, no harm done. And in fact, thank you, Martin. This was nice. But sit down now, because nice is not enough. And so he did. Next up was the one we used to call Sarah before she became a burning wing. She sang a white and black warbler, utterly clearly. She sang it again 
Her face looked calm. You could tell she already knew her fate. She sang it again. The association rose to its feet. She sang it again. A certain ecstasy spread through the room like a gust of wind. And she never stopped singing it. Not when we lifted her to our shoulders, chanting. Not when we carried her through the shadowy hallways. Not when we peeled off her clothing, everybody wanting to touch the sublime. Not even when we slid her bare body into the tub full of gasoline and the game master struck and dropped a single match, declaring burning wing. This last poem is called Cannonball. I heard it was my turn to be shot from the cannon. At first, I didn't believe it. People are always joking about these things. My friends told me it was serious this time, though. Apparently, there's a whole meeting about it, and people were divided on the issue. An old man took the microphone. No one had seen him in years, but he showed up to this meeting because he felt strongly I should be shot from the cannon. His argument was so graceful, apparently, that everyone in the audience cried. His conclusion was about how hard the times were becoming, how the cannon stood for human resilience, and how I stood for all humans. In a sense, by shooting me from the cannon, they were shooting themselves up too. I was simply the spokesperson, and what an honor it was to be the spokesperson, to carry the weight of the whole human family on my skinny shoulders. Fuck, I thought to myself, I always knew metaphors would be my downfall. I'm flattered, I said to my friend Amy. I understand it's quite an honor, but why do I have to be shot from the cannon? I would rather do some community service, maybe even give a speech. I'm quite anxious about public speaking, so you can tell how serious this was to me. I was not looking forward to being shot from the cannon at all. For one thing, no one who had been shot from the cannon had returned to say how it went. Don't worry, Amy said. There's probably a place over the hill that's better than this shitty city. That's probably where you're going. Plus, she said, I hear the air is like a blanket when you're in it. People are so afraid of falling, they don't enjoy the flying. But the truth is, they're the same. Wow, I said. I was somewhat offended that Amy had used my impending doom to generalize about fear and pleasure. I didn't have time for that. Still, she had a point. This town was, after all, not the best place to be, and the cannon was a way out. So I started walking, and each time I passed a car, I thought to myself, I love you, car. This is the end. Then I approached the receptionist at City Hall. She was licking her lips, 
seductively, I thought, though in retrospect they may have just been chapped. I cleared my throat and said, I'm ready. She looked up at me, and suddenly I regretted everything. I leaned in. I kissed her. Oh, she said. Well, I'll tell my boss to build a cannon. We didn't think you would actually come.